me personally, I'm constantly praying for uh, protection from these things um, and the wisdom to know about these things, the wisdom and knowledge uh, to know about these things, how to go about handling these situations. Um, and the angel comes and says, look, from the day that you started fasting, the Lord heard your prayers. But there was another spirit which fought against me, you know, which came to stop me. So we see at least um, from from looking at the scripture and how it's phrased, it seems like that three weeks that there was no answer was a result of the fighting going on between this angel and, you know, one of the um, princes of darkness. Right. But it's illustrating that there is um, spiritual forces which attempt to hinder the blessings of the Lord, you know, the word of the Lord. Welcome to Acts 2 and 42. Real discussions, real opinions, real stories and testimonies, real church talk. Welcome to Acts 2 and 42. All right, guys, welcome back to Acts 2 and 42 podcast, where we are committed to the teaching of the apostles. Uh, to all things fellowship, breaking of bread, prayer, um, hashing down doctrines and views. Um, today, Sheree T and I are going to discuss uh, a very important topic, which I think is uh, timeless almost. Uh, it's necessary uh, to be taught and to be understood by you know Christians everywhere, no matter the year, no matter the place you live, no matter the conflict that's going on. Uh, it's definitely relative. Uh, and you know, that starts with the phrase, um, spiritual wickedness in high places, spiritual wickedness in high places. And essentially, you know, we're going to talk about, you know, what that actually means. We're going to talk about uh, spiritual things, about the things in the unseen world. So, so Sheree, you know, if you don't mind, you know, what, what are your views concerning this, you know, concerning the scripture? What are your thoughts, you know, your views on it? Why is this important to discuss? Well, I, I think it's important to know what you're up against and who you're up against. Like, how can you fight against um, an enemy you know nothing about? That's like a guaranteed loss. No one goes to war without learning the terrain or the territory or, you know, the weaknesses of the enemy and anything like that. No one goes to war without knowing who you're going to war with. Mm -hmm. So um, I think it's really important that we know. Cool. T-Sock. <laughs> Uh, I'm pretty much in agreement with Sheree. You know, it's important to understand. Uh, one, it's important to understand what the scriptures are saying. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I think one of the consistent flaws in, in a lot of Christian doctrine is we're interpreting the scriptures according to what we, what we think they mean, according to words that um, we have a very modern understanding of, not having looked at the definition and actually understanding the scriptures. So not only do you have a lack of understanding or a lack of proper interpretation of the scripture, then from that comes a lack of or a, a misapplication. Mm -hmm. You know, um, you're applying it wrong. And in this case, you're looking at the wrong enemy or you're making an enemy out of someone who isn't, you know, while the whole time not seeing the one who actually is fighting against you. Right. Yeah. So... Sheree, what um as far as looking at the wrong enemy, what what was I know we've talked about this before, but um what was your, your first view or understanding, you know, as far as you know, spiritual wicked in high places? After this we'll we'll read the scripture, but what was your first understanding? Um I think my first understanding, like most, um, without looking into it really, was uh the wickedness and in high places and the principalities and things like that were like Royal elite, like it's and um, humans, like mm -hmm. you know what I mean. Not not necessarily a spiritual battle. Right. I did that it carnally at first, um, thinking, you know, like the powers that be and the elite, they do dark things, which is true, but that's not what it's talking about. Mm. Okay. Um, any anything else? I mean, do you guys want to want to jump in, read the verse, and start you know going in, or any other thoughts and things you want to point out before you know approaching it? No, nah, I want to read the verse. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Okay. Sure, you good with that? Yeah. Okay. Um, you guys won't be able to see this right now, but I'm going to share the screen. I'm going to read from the King James first. And just for the sake of context, I'm actually going to start from the 10th verse uh, so you understand, you know, what Paul is saying. It's in uh, Ephesians, the, the sixth chapter. 
Start with the 10th verse, and it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And this is the key scripture. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. Okay? Now, just for verse 12, I'm going to read... I'm going to go to the complete like opposite direction as far as translations and get like the most paraphrased uh, version. But it says, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. Okay. Now, just, you know, uh, to be, you know, thorough, because one could say, I don't think this is a big controversial scripture, but in some cases, well, I prefer the reading in this one. I prefer the reading in, in this translation or that translation. Um, and in that instance, you know, I read from the Greek translation. You know, I read from like a source um, to see what the Greek terms, you know, that were used. So I'm going to read, you know, from from a Greek translation, um, not in, in Greek, but, you know, obviously translated. Um, but it's really clear. And. I guess it's more important to understand the terms that are used, right? And not necessarily the whole sentence in Greek, but so it does say we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but when it says, but against the rulers, that term is, uh, it looks like archos, but it's RK, uh, like arch, like archangels. That term means a ruler, a prince, um, principalities, you know, where principalities comes from, rulers, princes, um, against the authorities. And that word uh, is exus exousia which means power, right? Against principalities and powers or against rulers and authorities, as we've seen. Against the cosmic powers is the Greek term, right? Mm -hmm. The cosmic powers of the darkness, okay? Yeah. And just, just to put into context, you know, many scriptures refer to this world being in darkness, the darkness of this world, right? So the cosmic powers of the darkness and against spiritual forces in the heavenly realms, so that last part isn't just high places like high positions, but actually heavenly realms, okay? yeah. which is a term Paul uses in other places as well. And for some reason, they translate it heavenly places and not high places, you know. So nonetheless, just so there's no confusion between text, you know. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Um, with that being said, I mean, you guys want to elaborate on that any or or now, now after reading that, how would you how would you put that in the layman's terms for somebody? Um, to to try to put it in a, I guess a more simplified way, um, I would I would explain that this scripture is showing how it's the it's not people that we're fighting against. You know, we see people, but they're not the ones who are um, who are your actual enemies. It's spirits. There are unseen forces which are influencing, which are guiding, you know, which are prompting them to make certain decisions, you know, um, to fight against. It's not, quote, the Muslim that fights against the Christian. It's the spirit which influences the Muslim, you know, which causes him to fight against the Christian. Um, and the same thing with many other um, examples. We should not be focused on the individual, but rather praying against the spirit which influences the individual. You know, because in fighting the person, you end up only destroying the person, you know, at best, or being destroyed other person. Mm -hmm. um, if you bite one another and devour one another, be careful that you're not consumed one of another, you know. So fighting against the person only leads to destroying the person and vice versa. But when you can, when you fight against the spirit, which is according to the scripture, where our actual conflict is, you know, you, you actually hit your enemy and you, you by chance, you know, save the person. Mm -hmm. um, so we're just being told her not to, not to put our focus on the individual, but rather to consider that there is unseen forces, yeah. which we should be fighting against. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think, um, you know, to that, I think sometimes, just to give an example where we might go too far, right? We fight not against flesh and blood. You know, I've heard Christians use that to say, you know, it took almost like the phrase, well, the devil made me do it or the devil made them do it. So, you know, um, and I just want to be careful that, 
we don't answer one misconception and create another one, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, um, influence does not negate agency. That's what know? I was going to say, influence. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's why I'm very careful to say that the, they're influenced by these spirits. You know, I think we have many influences, um, good and bad. Um, there we have functions from the Holy One, mm-hmm. and there are things that, you know, I believe spirits are influencing, uh, but then we still have agency. We still have the, the freedom to decide which way we will go. Mm-hmm. You know, the Lord placed Adam in the garden, Adam and Eve in the garden, and told them, look, of all these things you can freely eat, just right. not of this one. You know, um, and there was a serpent which influenced Eve, mm-hmm. but Eve still had agency. You know, she still had the, the deciding factor whether or not to eat right. or not, you know. And so did Adam, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Now, when it, and that's a, that's a great example that I would have naturally gone to, you know, that um, when when judgment came down, when punishment came down, it was for all three of them. Mm-hmm. It was for the serpent, it was for Eve and for Adam, you know. All members, just like, you know, Judas being used by the devil, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so nonetheless, you know, uh, there's the difference between accountability, you know, and you realizing that ultimately your fight is not with that brother or sister. Ultimately, your fight is not with, you know, whether it is a, you know, communist party political agenda or whether it's, you know, Antifa or whether it's Trump or whoever it is that you think is doing evil, you know, um, there, there's a spirit behind that, that like mm-hmm. you said, you killing the man, you hurting the man, the, the, you know, the, the, uh, uh, uh is Islamic, you know, uh, powers, you know, on this earth, there's a spirit behind them, you know, so nonetheless, but it doesn't mean that we're not accountable as well. It doesn't mean that, you know, like the, the scripture says that when we sin, we're, we're drawn away and enti- enticed after our own loss. Yes. Right. So it wasn't the devil made me do it. I was somehow demon possessed because I did wrong. You know, yeah. um, it's because I wanted to do it. Yeah. So all if, if, we're, if I'm influenced, all they had to do was put the opportunity in front of me because they knew the desire of my heart. And ultimately I would turn from God and, and do that. So like I said, just to clarify, you know, for the listener that, um, not to create one other uh, a, a misconception and make everything spiritual, yeah. and it's, there's no accountability on me, you, or this brother, that brother, um, to atone, uh, you know, to uh, reconcile, you know, if we do wrong. Um, but nonetheless, so the the unseen world, right? Um, the powers that be in the unseen world, the spiritual forces the cosmic powers or spiritual forces in heavenly realms, right? So Satan, as we know him, the devil, you know, uh, Beelzebub means Lord of flies. It literally means Lord of flies um, as a direct, you know, translation, but it implies like Lord of spirits, Lord of those who flies, you know, and, and John in two different chapters, Jesus says in the book of John that, that, he is the prince of this world, you know, the, and uh, Paul refers to him as the prince of the power of the airs, the power of the airs, the, you know, the prince of flies, the Lord of flies, the bells above. So he and his minions have dominion over this earthly world, over this carnal world and its people, you know, and that's what we have to see as Christians that ultimately we're praying against and fighting against, um, like, like we said, not the individual leaders, you know. So are there, are there any biblical you know, any other biblical, like, cross-reference scriptures or examples? Well, um, I'm going to get the name wrong, but there was an incident. Uh, I forgot who prayed. And uh, the angel was trying to come to answer his prayer, but he was, like, uh, met with opposition. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Uh, it was, I'm going to say, entity for argument's sake. Um in, I don't want to say the atmosphere or like the cosmos that was preventing him from getting to him to answer the prayer. Can't remember who it was. Daniel? Daniel. Sorry? Daniel. Daniel. Okay. So, I mean, I think that's a good example of uh, I don't want to say principality because that's not the one I'm looking for, but uh, a good example of I can't speak. Spiritual wickedness. Spiritual. <laughs> Huh? Spiritual wickedness in high places. In heavenly yeah. realms, spiritual forces. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's read uh, Let's read Daniel. All right, so in the New Living Translation, which is the, about the most paraphrased I think I can get right now, is um, 
Daniel 10, uh, starting at the first verse. In the third year of the reign of, of King Cyrus of Persia, Daniel, also known as Belshazzar, had, is that how you say that? Belteshazzar. Listen, <laughs> I'll call him Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah. Right. Even... And I'm going to call him Daniel. <laughs> Mama called him Daniel. I'm going to call him Daniel. Uh, it's just, it's low hanging fruit. You just got to. Uh, had another vision. Daniel had another vision. He understood the vision, concerned. He understood that the vision concerned events certain to happen in the future, times of war and great hardship. When this vision came, I, Daniel, had been in mourning for three whole weeks. At the time, I had eaten no rich food, no meat or wine had crossed my lips, and I used no fragrant lotions until three weeks had passed. He didn't wash, he didn't cleanse himself, he didn't, you know. On April 23rd, um, I was standing on the bank of the Great Tigris River. I looked up and saw a man dressed in linen clothing, a belt of pure gold around his waist. His body looked like a precious gem. His face flashed like lightning, and his eyes flamed like torches. His arms and feet shone like polished brass, and his voice roared like the vast multitude of people. Only I, Daniel, saw this vision. The men with me saw nothing, and they were certainly terrified and ran away and, and hid, ran away to hide. So I was left there alone to see this amazing vision. My strength left me, and my face grew deathly pale, and I was very weak. Then I heard a man speak, and when, then I heard the man speak, and when I heard the, the sound of his voice, I fainted and lay there with my face on the ground. Just then, a hand touched me and lifted me, still trembling, to my hands and knees. And the man said to me, Daniel, you are very precious to God, so listen carefully to what I have to say to you. Stand up, for I have been sent to you. When he said this to me, I stood up, still trembling. Then he said, don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your request was heard in heaven. I have come in answer to your prayer. But for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia, and this is where I would say it's, it's, it's important to read from the same translation when you're comparing two scriptures, because mm -hmm. um, oftentimes, you know, it'll be, the point may, may be missed if you jump from translation to translation when you're trying to cross-reference, if that makes sense. But nonetheless, for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me. And I left him, and I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. Now I am here to explain what will happen to your people, for the vision concerns a time yet to come. Uh, let's see. Let's jump down to the 20th verse. Um, Do you know why, why I have come? Soon I must return to fight against the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. And after that, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Greece will come. Meanwhile, I will tell you what is written in the book of truth. No one helps me against these spirits except Michael, your spirit prince. So, I think the King James just says prince, you know, Michael, your prince, you know, and the prince of Persia and so forth. So, what's up, Doc? <laughs> uh, can, can someone put into layman's terms or put in, uh, you know, elaborate? to illustrate what exactly is going on, just in case the point is missed? Well, I think what's being stated here is, um, one, Daniel, as we see, was fasting. Um, and the angel comes and says, look, from the day that you started fasting, the Lord heard your prayers, you know, and sent me to come to you. But there was another spirit which fought against me, you know, which came to stop me. So. We see, at least um, from from looking at the scripture and how it's phrased, it seems like that three weeks that there was no answer was a result of the fighting going on between this angel and you know one of the um, princes of darkness. Right. So Michael had to come and help, which allowed the angel to deliver the word of the Lord to um, to Daniel. Mm -hmm. But he said he's also showing, look, when I leave here. Another spiritual prince will come, mm -hmm. and we'll have to fight against him. You know, and no one helped me in this in this quest to bring you the word of the Lord, except Michael. You know, your prince. But it's illustrating that there is 
um, spiritual forces which attempt to hinder mm-hmm. the blessings of the Lord, you know, the word of the Lord, um, the things which the Lord has sent through his messengers to us. Mm-hmm. Sheree, did you have anything to add or? No. no? Okay. Yes. <laughs> um, I think it's, I think it's definitely, a, uh, it's encouraging whether it's fasting or just prayer that, um, you know, to be three weeks in, do I've been five days in and been like, which I do want to do a video on, um, silence, like feeling <laughs> desolate, feeling alone. Um, but I fasted. I'm like, dude, I'm here, Lord. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to be with you. I'm ready to talk with you. And, and then, man, so if like five days of that is rough. Mm-hmm. If if you don't know this, if you don't consider this, um, that just because you don't hear, just because you don't see, uh, or just because you don't see anything happen or take place, doesn't mean things aren't happening. Mm-hmm. You know, and guess what? There's things outside of you, bigger than you, more important than you right now, that are going on. You know, mm-hmm. um, in this case, hindering the one that was sent to you. You know, to deliver a message. Um, so continue to pray. You know, pray for that, you know, pray through that, I'll say, but pray for that, um, not knowing what's going on in, in the unseen, you know, um, that if that is the case, that his angels prevail, prevail, that they get the help that they need or whatever the case may be, you know, um, did you guys say it's, that's reasonable or that's fair? I mean, yeah. 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 So, I think it shows the importance of, um, like you said, of patience, you know, um, of understanding that solid moment, but also understanding that. When you set yourself to pray, you know, um, when the Lord answers, there's literally war going on as a result of you, you know, um, as a result of the Lord's love for you and sending word to you. You know, it, it really should um, it should give us a better appreciation of, of God's love for us, mm-hmm. you know, that, that he would subject his ministers to even war, you know, with other spirits mm-hmm. for the sake of sending you a message, you know, for the sake of um, answering your prayer, you know, for the sake of healing. Mm-hmm. Right. And and the fact that, you know, we are, you know, almost commissioned um, for that. You know what I mean? Like, um, like I was reading in uh, Ephesians, the third chapter, I think I told you last night, which is just incredible. You know, it's just overlooked, you know, overlooked. But um. But the way he words it in there, you might be able to take it a couple of different ways, but he's talking about the mystery being revealed to him that he's, you know, transmitting to us, that he's delivering to us um, the mystery of the gospel, you know, the mystery of the gospel of his son and of this kingdom. Right. And and he actually says that it's for us to make manifest um, the manifold wisdoms of God to reveal these things that they did not know, they being the people, the ones that were there in the beginning, the servants that were there, the angels, the unseen uh, world, they did not know it was hidden from the beginning. And it's, and it's through us that he reveals it and makes it known to them, you know? So again, to, to yeah. like almost honor bestowed, you know, on, yeah. on the Christian in that sense that, that we're undeserving of, it definitely is the grace, you know, grace and, um, you know, predestination and purpose of God to do so, you know, uh, not because you and I are better than angels, but, Nonetheless, and I can see why it would uh, provoke them to jealousy, you know, uh, against us, like some, like Satan and his minions, like, you know, being a lion's spirit in the mouth of the prophets. And if you read extra yeah. biblical text, um, like Jubilees, I think it is with uh, Mastema, basically the, the a different term for the adversary we know is Satan or the devil saying, look, uh, you let me put, put a little temptation in front of them and they'll turn from you. You know, mm-hmm. they're going to fail. Um, like, I don't know why you think they're so Jones. great. Yes. Say it again. We see the same thing with Job. That's you know, if you touch this, if you touch that, then he'll turn on you. If you touch this, he'll turn on you. Right. Yeah. Right. So to know that 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 um that struggles there, you know, what I mean, that struggles there, and that's what they're there for, and possibly a little bit of motive, you know, uh, if there is one. Um, but nonetheless, um, so to deal with the Prince of Persia, you know, and Michael, your prince, I think is pretty interesting. So what we see in Daniel, I think, is pretty unique. I mean, the Bible's filled with angelic interactions and they're kind of different and I don't want to get into theological it's it gets complex we want to deal Mm -hmm. barely on the intermediate level you know 
um, as far as the discussion goes. But nonetheless, we see um, unseen rulers over different territories, right? Um, and you can argue Michael being the prince of, say, Israel, God's people. You know, Michael, your prince. So that means that all these other nations, except for Michael and Israel, right? Michael's fighting for Israel, but all these other nations have these spiritual, spiritually wicked cosmic powers over them. Mm-hmm. We're kind of outnumbered here. Like what? That's like, how it was seen. That's how it was seen. You know, and I think it's weird. Like, 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 um, Jesus. Uh, not much is said about demons in the Old Testament, especially not as far as casting them out. I know they had their practices and things that they would do to root them away and stuff, but, but man, Jesus comes on the scene and just says, "No, it's time to go. No, nope, you leave. You leave." Then his his disciples do the same thing. They come running back, like. Um, and which I think is a proper, the, the proper translation or, or excuse me, the proper interpretation of I saw, I, I, I beheld Satan fall as lightning from heaven. Wasn't mm-hmm. referring to a war in heaven, him falling down, but what the disciples were telling him, we just cast out devils in your name. He's like, yeah, I saw him fall. <laughs> you know, like now is the time for the prince of this world to be cast out. Now it's time for him to be cast down. Now it's time for him to lose, you know. Uh, so his disciples wielded that same power. Um, so I don't know. What do you guys think? I mean, it seems like a lot to be up against. Kind of scary. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it even uh what is it? Re- don't rejoice because you have power over these things, you know. Um uh, I'm trying to figure out how to word what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that was in the same passage, by the way. Have power over these things. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like you, with God, you have power over these things. Like you, you sticking with God, you shouldn't be overcome with them. Like they, you have authority over these things, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm saying it properly or, you know, but um, that should give some comfort. Mm-hmm. Knowing what, you're up against if you're taught what you're up against and then knowing once you figure that out it's it can be a bit overwhelming but then you have to remember but with god mm-hmm. you win like you know so i don't know that just made me i just had that thought cool absolutely i know when you see um like with daniel um the reference to different princes you know and when you um i believe enoch Talks about the angels that fell and how they were chiefs of tens and chiefs of this. You know, there were there were a lot of um, and you see revelations where it's speaking of Satan drawing a third, you know, um, of of the angels with him. Um, it's it does seem like there's a lot against you. Mm-hmm. But even with that, a third is just that it's a third. Um, so we still see more there. Two thirds. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Right. Still two thirds left. Yeah. But um even with even with that being considered, I think the the reference to us having power um is not because we have power in and of ourselves. You know, it's because like she said, we have him. And he sends angels, he sends messengers, he sends armies, you know, to fight on our behalf. Mm-hmm. Um and I think a good example of that is in Second Kings, the sixth chapter, where um I'll start at the the 12th verse, um, it says, And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elijah, the prophet that is in Israel, telleth the king of Israel the words that thou speakest in, by, in thy bedchamber. And he said, Go, and spy where he is, that I may send and fetch him. And it was told him, saying, Behold, he is in Dothan. Therefore sent he thither horses and chariots and a great host, and they came by night and compassed the city about. So he's asking where, where Elijah is, and he's sending chariots. He's sending an army to go fetch Elijah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it says in, in verse 15, And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, a host compassed the city, both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? And he answered, Fear not. For they that be with us are more than they that be with them. Now, Elijah is telling his servant, it's mm-hmm. just a tool. He's telling the servant who sees the, the city compassed about, 
look, or the city surrounded, look, don't worry about that. There's more with us than there is with them. Mm-hmm. And in verse 17, it says, and Elijah prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes mm-hmm. that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. You know, so there's always more on our end, though it looks like there's more, like Satan has more individuals, you know, uh, like he has more of a greater army. And in some of these occasions, like with Legion, it's like, man, there's there's a Legion one in one individual right here, you know. Right. So it seems like a lot, but there's more with us than there are with them. Mm-hmm. Um, there are many times where the prophet said, I saw the Lord sitting upon his throne, you know, in the host of heaven mm-hmm. about his right and on his left side. You know, um, and Enoch mentions 10,000 upon 10,000 and thousands of thousands that were surrounding the Lord. Yep. And Psalm 68 does. Uh, the chariots of God are ten, tens of thousands. Thousands mm-hmm. of th- thousands are they. Um, so, yeah, that's not a new, <laughs> that's not a new uh, idea that Enoch is representing uh, the ten thousands and thousands of thousands. Mm-hmm. You know, Jude, I saw the Lord coming with ten thousands of his saints, you know. And um, saints is a difficult term because, you know, we are called saints. Uh, Israel is referred to as saints, um, but I believe the angels are too. Saints mean ho- means holy ones. And in the yeah. Old Testament, you know, angels were referred to as the holy ones. Um, they have many names that they, that they went by. So holy ones. <laughs> I saw the Lord coming with 10,000s of his holy ones. And Enoch <laughs> is referring to angels, correct? Yeah. Enoch actually mentioned holy ones and he's talking about the angels. Right. So, so if Jews quoting Enoch, then it would be safe to assume that that that's a reference to the angels. Right. So, boy, um, Jacob's ladder, mm-hmm. looking up and seeing yeah. all the hosts of heaven. Um, matter of fact, <laughs> yes. you go back to Daniel, you know, the man that he described. Um, we see a man like that described in Revelation, right? We do. Now, what about Joshua? Hmm. I mean, kind of similar, and he announced himself, for one, this wasn't a regular man, and he told him to take off your shoes. Same thing that God told Moses when Moses saw him in the burning bush. Take off your shoes, the place you stand is holy ground. And he said, look, are you a friend or foe? Like, whose side you on, you know? Joshua ran up on him like he he wanted to work. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, he said, look, I'm captain of of the Lord's army, right? I'm captain of the hosts of heaven, you know? Mm-hmm. Man, that's serious, boy. He said he's captain of the host of the Lord's army. Yes. That's, yeah, the Lord has an army. Yes. Uh, see, si, senor. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and I like how you pointed out that, you know, you know, Satan taking away a third of the angels, uh, which I think is different. I think we all agree is different than those that had uh, come down in Genesis, yeah. those that had left their own habitation in mm-hmm. Genesis. Um, but nonetheless, but Satan taking away a third, there's still two thirds left. There's twice as many left as, as, you know, good on the Lord's side as there are, um, bad, but, but then to be fair, if we know that there's a multitude, thousands of thousands, basically millions, you know, um, there's still a large number. (laughs) It's still, still quite a large number that you and I, you know, and, and that you and I have to deal with that reality, you know, and, and to, to touch on what Sheree was saying, you know, not to. Not to rejoice because we've been given power, um, but that our names are written in heaven. That just that yes. we're known by him, that this grace, that we would know this, that we would know the gospel, that we'd be included in the gospel, which you, united all mankind, Jew and Gentile, under his son to be redeemed forever. You know, that's an unspeakable thing, you know. But I do want to give a, a catch. You know, rejoice not that you have power of the enemy. I, I would point out to the listener. While you have power in prayer, not all of us have power over these spirits. And yeah. you better stay in your lane if you don't. Yes. yes. We uh, see that with the vagabond Jews. Please elaborate, sir. Yeah. Um, the vagabond Jews, I believe it's in Acts, um, they were attempting to cast out a demon or a devil in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches. Yes. Not in the name of the Christ that they knew, but right. in the name of Christ based on someone else's authority. Right. You know, and the, the, the spirit and the man looked at him and said, Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. Mm-hmm. But who are you? Who are you? 
and whip them out of the city. Ran them down naked, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, ran them down the street naked. So, um, yeah, uh, unless you want that work. <laughs> and 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 this is a problem. This this is a problem. Like in the church period, we're all riding someone else's coattails. Yeah, you know. And I don't see that. I don't see that. Let's go. We, we have Abraham's faith, right? We've been restored back to Abraham's faith before yes. law, before covenant, before anything to walk with him by faith. Well, I'm sorry, but Abraham had a son, right? Isaac. Isaac had to meet the Lord yep, for, for himself. himself, had to know him and make a vow to the Lord for himself. Mm-hmm. So riding the pastor or riding another, you know, uh, whether it's a TV evangelist or someone in your own town, um, you better not do these things. You know, except yeah. God tell you, you know, except well, God, even with the know. scriptures, you know, we see the same thing with the scriptures and especially the Great Commission. Mm-hmm. Um, people take what was spoken mm-hmm. to the apostles. Right. And say, well, see, we should like, well, no, you need to know him and get that from him. Right. You know, that was to them directly. Right. That's it's not something that we read and then apply it to our lives. So, well, look, see, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel for every creature. Well, he didn't tell you that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not what he told you. Yep. He told them that. And each man and woman of God must know God right. for themselves. And and the best we can take, you know, I'm I agree a hundred percent, you know, whether it's uh Jeremiah, Daniel, Isaiah, Moses, like we can't read these and say, All right, this is what I have to do now. Very rare occasions is, is that really the case. But like with the Great Commission, that that tells us the will of God was that he wanted the gospel transmitted through all the world to all the Gentiles. He doesn't tell you to go different places yet. And we have a biblical case of that when the prophets and teachers were fasting and praying. The Spirit spoke and told them who to send where. So that's all I'm looking for personally. And that's all I would teach someone else or, or recommend to someone else. Yes, we should make ourselves available for this. We should know this is the will of God, you know, um, but as far as where to go when, for his work. Um, I don't know about just everyday travel, you know, you can travel if you want. Um, but for his work, uh, you better get it from him, you know, um, fooling with a spirit, you better get it from him, you know? Um, so, so unseen world, let's, let's, um, let's wrap this up with, I don't know who wants to speak towards, you know, what they call spiritual warfare or, you know, how we as Christians, not necessarily demon, you know, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, exercisers, Exerc- not necessarily exercising demons or anything, but um, how do you prepare yourself and, and what's your role, would you say, in this battle? For me, uh, in this battle, I am constantly praying uh, me personally, I'm constantly praying for uh, protection from these things um, and the wisdom to know about these things, the wisdom and knowledge um, to know about these things, how to go about handling these situations. When I do see things arise, um, I know this sounds like a great example. Um, not saying this is a demonic influence or anything, but uh, when my kids start getting a bit unruly, like, you know what I mean? Just out of character and stuff. I, I felt like I might have too much influence of something else mm-hmm. in their lives. So I, uh, there's no, no television, no media, no nothing outside of things relative to God. Mm-hmm. And then we joke around and call it a veggie fast, mm-hmm. like, you know, cause veggie tales, cartoons or whatever. But I try to eliminate as much as, um, I'm just going to say that kind of spiritual influence in my kid's life. So that's one way I try to combat this uh, spiritual warfare by trying to eliminate the influence of those entities and spirits in my kid's life. That's just one way I would go about combating um, those type of things. Mm -hmm. Uh, And outside of my prayer, constantly specific prayers, I would say is another way, specific prayers, especially if you yourself, know you're dealing with something um, to attack it head on and, and know there's something spiritual behind whatever's going on in your life, speaking directly to that thing. There's um, another way uh, that I personally 
uh, come at it because I'm not trying to cast anything out. Like I, 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 I'm just, I'm not afraid, but I, that is not me. Like I don't think that's me for me. Like you know, I, I, I don't know. Whoever has that gift, God be with them because I couldn't imagine the things they see. Mm-hmm. Um, I think prayer is definitely a huge part um, of just our relationship with God. Period. Uh, let alone any conflict we may have with you know spiritual wickedness. Um, prayer, prayer, fasting, you know, drawing closer to God um, through prayer, fasting, mourning. Because um, I think the, 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 in my own life, the more I go without prayer, the more carnal I am. You know, um, the weaker I am, the the more I find myself not only falling into sin but actually pursuing sin. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, so I think that that connection with him, that that constant connection with him, you know, um, is a big part of it. But there's also, you know, um, the action. You have to take action and be proactive as well, because we're not just taught to pray, but we're also taught to mortify our members, mm-hmm. you know, concerning sin within our own lives. But, um, you know, as it pertains to fighting spiritual wickedness, um, outside of what we are dealing with personally, outside of our own infirmities, um, I think that knowledge, understanding the scriptures is part of it so that you can speak to these things, you know, as far as with other people, not speaking to the spirit, right. you know, right. but um, so yeah. that you can address it with others, you know, help them understand what's going on so that they can properly respond. Um, and to, you know, Sheree's concern, my my advice would be to get it from the Lord. You know, I'm not out here trying to cast out no devils, but if the Lord says, this is what he wants done, mm-hmm. that's what it is. You know, and a nice one out there trying to find Paul, but the Lord said, you know, mm-hmm. here's Paul, you know, go here. And then he went. Right. Um, had he went before with his own volition, he probably would have got killed because Paul wasn't ready yet. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, yeah, I think it's uh, it's it's prayer, you know, fasting, um, action, taking action where it presents itself, but getting your direction from Him. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I, I'm Shrey. I really to start with you. I really, I really appreciate your response. I really do because. You know, you never know what someone else is going to say or or how they're going to answer a question. But um, my thought process goes to scripture, like biblical things and what the Bible tells us, you know, and you just got like really down to real life and what you do with the kids, you know, and veggie fast. And and not only was that more like applicable, realistic, you know, whatever you want to call it, um, than just quoting the scripture verbatim. Um, and then, like I mean, to you really complimented and follow up what she was saying. But, you know, the first line of defense, I, I think we either, we either get too biblical, like we just quote scriptures and we just, you know, we, we act like we're doing something because we said what the Bible, you know, um, or we say, well, we just, we got to fast and pray. You know, we got to do this. We got to do that. Um, but the first line of defense, as you both pointed out, is to mortify your members, is to cut out the carnal influences. You know, like, like Sheree, it might not be spiritually wicked, say cartoons or games, um, but it's, it, 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 it appeals to the carnal. Mm-hmm. It appeals to the, the cares of this world. Let's call it as cares of this world instead of lust of this world. So to not misunderstand necessarily, but, um, so to remove that and focus on spiritual things, to feed yourself spiritually, you know, to provide spiritual things and grow spiritually is the first line of defense before you start casting out or talking about casting mm-hmm. out spirits. I mean, you've just jumped like 11 steps. Like how about first we, 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 we we desire to know the will of God and what is righteous and what is not. And then we want to do what is righteous. Mm-hmm. So we repent where we need to and we mortify our members and we cut off secular music or movies or whatever it is in areas that it's influencing us. Um, it could just be in a way to to live your best life, you know, for you know, lack of a better word. Um, when it that's not really, I'll say, yielding your mind or spirit to mm-hmm. the will of God, you know. Um, and that's a huge, like, front line of defense, you know, that I think um, I don't want to get into the armor, per se, but, you know, I expected someone to say, well, you know, 
the Bible, the Bible says, put on the armor of God, you know, um, and that the, our weapons of warfare are not carnal, but are mighty unto God, to, you know, taking down strongholds and, you know, all these things which are wonderful, great and true. But everything you guys just said was far more, I think, applicable in real life, first line of defense, like not, you know what I mean? Like not like biblical jargon, you know, terms yeah. that people don't know what that means. People don't know how to do that, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think it's found in those scriptures. Like that's what mm -hmm. those scriptures are referring to, whether it's Ephesians 6 and the, in our, yeah, and the uh, armor of God or Hebrews and the, uh, the weapons of our warfare or Colossians and mortifying your members and all these biblical things. Um, you guys just said it in a nutshell, you know, first line of defense, remove yourself from those fight against the carnal mm -hmm. man, the carnal mind, the carnal ways, um, and yield yourself to the spirit of God, walk in the spirit. And that's best done when fasting and praying. Now, anything as far as fasting and praying, because some people may say like, that still may not make sense. That still may <laughs> not mean anything. So any words of advice or thoughts? going into prayer or, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. As far as fasting, um, I'm of the opinion of the position that it's best done, no food, no water. Um, and well, if you can, to be alone with him, you know, I understand sometimes we can't, you know, you have to deal with life, that's fine. But I think you get your best results when it's just you and him, you know, um, you have your Bible, but spend time just trying to figure out what his will is, not mm -hmm. going to him, asking, you know, for the things that you think you need, mm -hmm. but rather going just to know him and, and ask what will he have of you. Right. You know, I think a lot of times we go into prayer asking, asking, asking for what we desire. And it may be things that we think we need. We genuinely think we need them. Right. But he has something that's much greater, you know, that he wants to actually give to you. Um, and those other things will be taken care of, you know. Um, and there are cases where, like Solomon, you know, he asked for wisdom to lead God's people, and God gave him everything else. There are times where we ask for the right thing. And I think when our hearts are inclined to God, we will ask um, for the right things. But just spend time, you know, in fasting or restricting. Restricting as much nourishment you can from the body. Um, to show the Lord, look, I'm willing to reject my own self, mm -hmm. you know, to draw closer to you. I'm willing to reject my very being, my very person, you know, the thing that that it's easy to to put off many other things. I can put off watching television. You know, I can I can put off going out for the day or whatever. You know, we right. can put off drinking and all that. But to deny yourself to the point of hunger, you mm -hmm. know, that's something. And then to still keep my mind on you. Mm -hmm. You know, that, I believe that yields the best results. Um, and even if you hear no words from the Lord, just from experience coming out of that, you, when you come out, you know he's there. You know he was there the whole time, you know. Um, it was spiritually beneficial regardless. It, yes. Yeah. And not to look at it as God in heaven. Um, but the Spirit Christ with you. In us. Mm -hmm. You know, the Spirit is with us. Mm -hmm. I think when you go into prayer, praying to the heavens. Mm-hmm. You miss that God is right there. Right. You know, and I think the psychological effect is much different when you're thinking of the man in the sky. Right. And you're like, well, my words aren't going to reach up there. But when you know he's here. Right. You know, when you know he covers and fills all things, you're praying to the one who is right there with you. Right. Yep. And and to the person still listening, you know, if you're if you're at this point, you know, in this in this podcast, then um you're really here for it. You know, that thing, that makes sense. You can listen for five minutes, be like, oh, okay, I get it. You know, not to, you know, it's not to like diss Sunday saints versus like all week saints yeah. or anything like that. But nonetheless, like what may interest you, I, I rarely plug the other YouTube content and stuff, but like the Jules uh, episodes we did of like writings from uh, Christian writers throughout the years, whether it's the Apostolic Fathers and, you know, Irenaeus and Tortillian or reformers like John Calvin and uh, George Whitfield and, and different people. Um, right and wrong in some areas, I think, but still words that can edify based on, you know, Christian doctrine, you know. Um, but, you know, we've done some on Satan's devices and one that I, I still am eager to do, I've been dying to do it more recently, is on, uh, I forget how he phrased it, I think it was George Whitfield, but talked about uh, feeling alone in prayer. 
you know, and it's like when you first get, get saved or when you first come to God and um, that you see miracles, you see, you know, spiritual things taking place right and left. And it's just amazing. Um, but then you find yourself with that not happening anymore. And you're like, man, did I, did I do something wrong? Am I, am I in sin? Am I, did I lose faith or, you know, and to see a man, you know, you know, 500, roughly 500 years ago saying the same thing, I'm like, okay, he gets it, you know? Um, yeah. so I want to share that, you know, at some point, but you're not alone. You know what I mean? Just, just know that he's with you. You know, um, you had the spirit with you always. There's a purpose for that. Um, don't sweat it, you know? Um, but nonetheless, um, to go ahead and, um, you know, wrap up, I do want to, to say, uh, with this being said, you know, some of the, the content that I, I hope, you know, you can look forward to, we definitely want to cover, uh, end times. You know, th these are all things that can be like niche, you know, like certain people are like, uh, whole channels dedicated to end time prophecy. <sighs> anyway. And then there's, then there's like whole churches and people that never mention a word of it, you know? Um, but I think there's a middle ground where you should know, you should be prepared for certain things. So we want to talk about that. We want to talk about the rapture. We want to talk about, um, the antichrist, you know, um, him being revealed, uh, the, his number, the, you know, the, the, na the number of his name, uh, as we know, you know, six, 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 you know, um, but we want to talk to you about these to make sure we all understand things that are to come. And then also content episodes uh, talking about the thousand year reign, um, talking about the new earth, um, because these are the things that the apostles preached almost more than anything else. Um, the only thing I would say equally they preached was the mystery that was revealed, which was the body of Christ, the the wall being taken down between Jew yes. and Gentile, the partition the, the, that alienated them from the commonwealth, according to Paul. Um, that now has been taken down. We all have inheritance with them, blah, 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 you know, all good stuff, you know. Um, but to really kind of expound on that and to explain so it's modern day plain English to people and that they can grasp it, like they know it, you know. Um, what did Timothy say when it came to the deacons? Uh, in pure conscience, you know, to hold these mysteries in pure conscience so you know it like like the back of your hand, you know. Um Really want to get into that, you know, really, really, really want to spend some time on these things, which I think would edify and build up more than almost anything else we could talk about. Um, so with that being said, you know, other than that, we'll see, you know, where the Lord leads us, you know, but um, other than that, you know, definitely love your comments. This is a, a topic where things can get very hairy. You know, there's a lot of different views. And now we are ones that consider, if not revere, extra biblical text, right? So we don't all together, we're not just, you know, Bible only people. Um, but at the same time, we need to find our core teachings from the Bible. If you know, and the only reason I say that is I know that people can say, well, I believe this about the spirits. I believe this about the unseen world. I believe this about angels. Well, that's all good. But which where you're getting that from a lot of times is in between the lines. That's called eisegesis. That's not exegesis. You're not pulling it from the text. You're putting it in the text. So really be careful really be careful and let's stick to that's why when i share deuteronomy i just run with it because it fits the daniel narrative you know i think there's a, i think we need to be careful and look at something from both sides to want to know what that scripture was actually saying whether or not it's true or not you know um so nonetheless keep in mind keep that in mind um but yeah definitely comment let us know if this was either either useful beneficial if you agree disagree things we might have missed um other than that you know stay tuned for these other things um guys thanks for you know doing this again um, and x242.com for more.